The month is almost over. It is. The Super Maps Bundle promotion. Hooking you up. We'll be ending. The Super Maps Bundle includes all of our Maps program. Maps Anabolic, Maps Performance, Maps Aesthetic, Maps Anywhere, and then Maps Prime. You can utilize them all together. It's about a year's worth of exercise programming. It's everything you need. Not only is it a year's worth, it's probably something you'll never need another program after this because the way we've designed it... Until we release another one. Between that and the free... Between that and the free YouTube channel that we have that actually complements all the programs, so you have a ton of exercises. That, I mean, you're talking about hundreds of different exercises and ways that you can create your program for yourself. And each you're pro- set for life. And each program comes with, of course, exercise demos, uh, blueprints on how your workouts should be done. Uh, each one is broken up into phases. It's uh, it's extremely comprehensive. It's literally everything you need. Well, this month, enroll in the Super Mass Bundle, and you will get for free. Uh, the No BS six-pack formula, and the Advanced Training Technique uh, Occlusion Guide. That's this month. If you want to check that out, go to mindpumpmedia.com. If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. On the next episode we do? Just don't let, let Justin talk. No, no, no. <laughs> what do you mean? That's every episode. Every, every time he goes to say, What's new? So what I was saying, Sal, uh, actually. No, no, no. What I think we should do is not talk. Uh, like, we'll just, just, we'll just, and then I'll just be like, guys, guys, uh, it'll be like crickets. Like, or like, Justin, what do you or think? like one word, one word. Yeah, really just, awkward. Yeah. What do you think, Justin? Yeah. Like, yeah. Tell us more about that, actually. <laughs> well... <laughs> I'm done. Like I guess all I got to say. You know, somebody was asking uh asking us the other day, like, you we'll know, end what? Up getting, you know what'll happen? We'll end up getting feedback and people will be like, That last episode was the best fucking <laughs> episode. We have like a million downloads. Yeah, I'm like, Oh my heart. Yeah. <laughs> it will be because everybody yeah, we already know everybody hates on us, dude. Everybody yeah. loves, loves Justin. Loves Justin. It's He's only because so they, they don't get enough of me. They barely get like little nuggets of me. the same strategy that you've talked about you, that you're supposed to use to attract women. Absolutely, fuck yeah, that's my same philosophy. The, takeaway. the, it, cl- the longer it is, the the gra- long- I used to say this: the greatest close ever is the takeaway close. Yes, yeah. the All greatest day. close is the takeaway close. And I, women have perfected this for hundreds of years. Well, that's, their, that's their default. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's built, their default it's built club. into them. Take I, away. Because they've got something to take away. Yeah, they, they do. do. <laughs> they hold the keys. Why isn't that for us? That's what true. is up with that? They hold true. the keys of the actually, Ferrari. Actually, let's be honest, guys. What? Let's be let's be truthful now. Let's be 100% honest here. If uh, if you guys were women uh, with equal hotness, in other words, you know how hot you are as a man, if you were, hey, you just move Like, over. so I'm a six as far so as a now, male. So, so if I was a six woman. So now you're a, whatever you are on, now man. as a male, you're a woman. Right, I'm a seven. You're a solid seven. How solid long seven. would it take you before you ruled the world? Hmm. You know? Yeah. Think about that. Not very long. Yeah. I mean, Easy. either that or I would, or I'd swoop up some, uh, uh, sugar Easy. daddy. Here's here's a here's an experiment. Here's an experiment. I would tell, if I was a chick, I would totally take advantage of that. Yeah. I don't. Oh, the, I would be a spy. Are, people that hate on gold digger chicks. I'm yeah. like, eh, more power to you. I would learn I feel all like the a, information that ever you know, you know needed to be known. You ever think about that? Like some people, people that hate on that. I feel like that it's such a mutual relationship. It like, is, dude, because he's you got a fucking ugly exactly. old dude with you a hot ass chick. The, the people always think like, oh, <laughs> he's, he's getting so, the, he's actually he's getting so the, stupid. Yeah. She's she's totally using him for his money. It's like, are you kidding me? The guy's uh, a multi millionaire. <laughs> he's letting her. He's getting her some nice car. You know what that means to him? Nothing. It's yeah. trickery. You know what I'm saying he would blow yeah. that money at a he's strip like, club. Now he's got a full time hottie. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Here's an experiment, Adam. You're a good looking guy. You're fit. You're tall. You got a nice, nice beard. I'm a seven. You got a nice rack. Go outside right now and be like, "Hey, free dick, free!" Just just scream it, and then it depends because if you're up uh, north a bit, you know, you might get takers. No, 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 I'm talking about right here. Not if you're yeah, you're in the city. 
Yeah. But do here, walk outside. <laughs> it's free dick, everybody. And, and just scream it out loud. Say, I got yeah. some free dick. Castro. Who wants mm. free dick? And then see how long it takes before you get arrested. Now, if you're a woman and you go outside like, hey, you know, you're a seven or whatever you think you are. Mm. I think I think you're more like a nine, but let's, you know, whatever. Oh, you thank go, you. You go outside, nine out of 20. You go outside. <laughs> yeah. But, and you're like, hey, free pussy. You'll have a, okay. Get in line, gentlemen. I want. Yeah, but this, let, let's be honest. Let's like, create a single file yeah, line. Goes around the block. Sure, but I mean, like, there's a point. It's like you, you got to get like the proper materials because you're not going to just dive right into that. What do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> that's scary situation right there. For what, the yeah, for the for getting for, dick? for just no, just like a free, if it's free, like like why is it free? Well, yeah, it'd be suspect. <laughs> it would be mean? suspect. Like, uh, like nobody's gonna jump on that. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so right away, it'd be some bum down. like you know coming out of a, yeah. a trash most, can. Most like, intelligent, yes! man, most intelligent man would be like, wait a second, where's the camera? Yeah, where's the catcher? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did my where's girlfriend said you. What is she? Like, <laughs> how old are you? This is definitely a trap. Oh my god, I've seen it. I've seen this movie before. Yeah, but you know what they would do though? They'd actually sit there and try and figure it out because they're like, "This might be." I know. Yeah. Is this one of those situations where it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not, is this real? And like, they call their friends like, "Hey, bro, listen, hmm, yeah. come down here real quick." Yeah, yeah. She has a sign. It seems legit. It might be a good. This might be a deal here. Yeah, that's all. There's that's all I'm saying. <laughs> all I'm saying. Hey, is, speaking of signs, did you see the sign that Justin pointed out the billboard? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> you didn't see it's it? Called no. Squirt.org. Squirt.org. Squirt. Google that right now. Yeah. I, I did. You didn't? It's like it's a hookup app or something. Yeah, but it's weird though. Yeah, for, it's like for uh, it's for gay dudes, right? It's not just gay dudes. It's not like, just gay dudes. I think oh, the idea. God is, damn it! I think the guys look like sports. it is. It's gay hookups, and you know what's fucking? I knew stupid? it. You know what sucks is now now it's forever saved in my fucking search <laughs> because I looked Squirt. it up. God from <laughs> I was driving home and it was like this huge billboard. My girlfriend, dudes, my girlfriend's gonna type in something that starts with an S, yeah. and it's like squirt dot gay hookups. What's I just thought this? that was yeah, that was interesting. Oh, I yeah, see what's squirt. going on there. The, the name's great. Yeah, I mean it's marketable. It is marketable. Yeah. Are we spo- are we doing an intro here? Oh yeah, yes. We should, no. talk about, we should probably get to that. Let's talk about uh, who we just interviewed. Uh, badass Tony Jeffries, and he came with his partner uh, Kevin Watson, who great dudes started oh, started awesome uh, a, a, an awesome uh, fitness business called Box and Burn yep. uh, in Southern California. Um, but the thing about these guys is that so it's a boxing based workout uh, in a class setting. It's actually done pretty well, and they monitor heart rate and do all that stuff. But they're actual boxers. Like Tony yep. was a 2008 bronze medalist in the Olympics. And one of the things that they talk about in this episode you're about to hear is how uh, they make sure that the fundamentals uh, are right. taught. They're actually going to teach something in, in a class yeah. setting. It's not just going to you know just throwing be your a hands. bunch of yeah aimless yeah. movements. Yeah, uh, Tony also hosts a podcast called Box in Life, um, and he actually interviewed us on that podcast. You can actually find our. He's got episode. an awesome thick English accent. Yeah, so, oh, he's a yeah. he's a fucking great guy. Um, oh, he's a super champ too. He's a bronze Olympic medalist. Bro- man. Bronze a, medalist. Yeah, uh, badass. He was undefeated. He actually uh, retired undefeated professionally. So he's a pr- pretty cool guy. They also have uh, a Box and Burn Academy, right? This is where they're you can get CEU credits as a personal trainer. If you're certified through this, NASA. is what I thought was one of the most interesting things for me because I think if if this was around when I was training clients, oh, no because brainer. I used to use hand pads, and I, I'll yeah. be the first to admit I was very reluctant to do it for a long time because I didn't want to be that asshole, right? Like I didn't want to be the asshole who's like teaching Just wear but, you out by yeah. Well, I have I stuff. really truly have no business teaching someone how to throw a punch because I think I kind of can or I've had yeah. some sort of training, right. you know. So I did it with clients for 
for cardio purposes, but really, if they had a certification where I was getting CEUs towards my NASM, which or, you're gonna need oh, anyway, jumped on that. Yeah, sure. I would have been all over that. Yeah, you so have I, to get if you're if you're NASM certified, you know, to keep to maintain your certification, you have to get certain. And it wasn't CEUs. just NASM; a bunch of them recognized. So yeah. most all, I, I we said NASM because yeah. most obviously, if it's NASM recognized, it most all other major yeah. certifications. And so will you can get it. this certification, learn how to teach your clients, you know, how to hold mitts for them and, and do boxing drills with them. It's a uh, boxing uh, box and then the letter N burnacademy.com. And then they have uh, one of their certifications happening uh, in Las Vegas on March 5th. Um, it's the Las Vegas Academy and there's a discount code. Uh, it's Vegas 100. It'll actually take $100 off uh, to enroll for this, uh, this certification progress program. So it's boxandburnacademy.com. Use Vegas 100 as your code to get $100 off. And then lastly, you can find Tony Jeffries and Kevin Watson's uh, Instagram page at Box and Burn, B-O-X-N-B-U-R-N. And that's it. So here we are interviewing Tony Jeffries and Kevin Watson from Box and Burn. Check it out. You know what it is? We're Americans. They think, they think England's Europe. Or they, think, <laughs> they say, oh, you're from London. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm from the north of England. That's London, isn't it? I'm like, no. People think the country England's called London. And yeah. they think Europe, <laughs> Europe's like America. Uh, or, or Europe's like California, where it's not. Uh, so, mate, I've got no idea where that is. <laughs> <laughs> or, or they'll come up to me like, oh, you're from England. Do you know my friend, uh, you know, John? <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> like it's the size of a, yeah, of a right. house. Uh, yeah, so so let's, uh, let's get into this a little bit um let's get into this let's do this so our boys from box and burner down here hanging out with us yeah um let's talk a little bit about the gyms that you guys are first of all how'd you guys meet how did you and kevin meet each other so we met i <clears throat> i was a professional boxer and when my hands were recovering i was in la still in la because i used to train here and my hands never recovered i retired from boxing i applied for a job in a gym and i went to a gym in santa monica where kevin ran the boxing program in there mm. and uh we we kind of left that gym, started a boot camp on the beach in Santa Monica for donations. Wait only. a second, back up right yeah, here. Yeah, okay, okay, <laughs> a lot of yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, hold on. I want to know. Okay, because here you're you're uh, an Olympic medalist, right? Yeah. Bronze medal, right? Two thousand eight. Okay. Two thousand eight. Yeah. You go in, you meet a guy who's teaching boxing at a gym. Right. Was there any like little posturing going on here at all? Or was, it, <laughs> was it love at first sight? No. Did you have to whoop his ass one time? <laughs> there, and then all of a sudden, there's this huge respect. What happened right no, there? No, there was a lot. There was a few people teaching boxing in this gym, but. Uh, Okay. Kevin was the only one who was doing it correctly in the oh, right yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. and, and he, he was uh, <laughs> hard work he was, he was smashing it mm -hmm. and people loved him mm -hmm. uh, and then me and Kevin we hit it off we, we got on great right away and yeah right away and and we, then we met on Grinder as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you boys did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, we we left we left the gym uh, and we went down the boot camp down Santa Monica Beach and we done a boot camp for for free. We were loving it. We were loving teaching boxing and mm. and showing and we were passionate about it and, and showing people what boxing's all about. And we we just grew. We exploded. Yeah, I got yeah. So I got a question for you on this because boxing is. An incredible sport, a very technical sport. Uh, it's been called an art by many people, a science uh, by other people. And you see a lot of gyms, and I used to hate this, okay? And I, I hope I'm not offending anybody. Well, I don't really care if I am uh, because I'm sure I am. But I used to hate seeing trainers get the mitts out and do boxing with people. And I'm not a professional. I'm not a great boxer by any means, but I know good what, what boxing looks like when yeah, I see it. Sure. And I see these guys throw it, and I'm like, you have no business have, holding mitts for someone. Why don't you just have them jump rope or run in circles because that's all they're doing is they're trying to burn calories. 
Do you guys get irritated by that kind of stuff? Because, I mean, especially with your pedigree. Yeah, well, we, we see that all the time, and that's why we started our Box and Burn Academy. Yes. Oh, talk about so, it uh-huh. so it was like, none of these trainers now here, they know what the hell they're doing when they're trying to teach boxing. <laughs> yeah. Let's teach the trainers so is not how to teach boxing. Really. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. And it's normally, when you go into a boxing class in a gym, it's normally one trainer screaming at people, come on, punch the bag harder, punch the bag mm-hmm. faster. And it's it's bullshit, really. Mm. And, and we... We come away from that. We teach the real art of boxing mm-hmm. in a fitness environment, you know? So, so people ex- actually learn. Wow. They get a workout, but they also learn the proper technique. They learn how to box. Yeah. Is, in, is the academy separate from the box and burn, or is it actually in the box and burn? How does the academy work? The academy separate to box and burn. The academy, like I said, it's where we teach trainers how to teach boxing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we put on like four or five events a year where we get like 30, 40 people coming in and for a one-day course and... Uh, yeah, when we teach them, it's great, and we're getting lots of success from that. It's like a side business. We use all the trade secrets we've learned over, you know, we've probably taught over 10,000 people how to box now. And so we use all those trade secrets we've, we've kind of learned and, and gained over the last, you know, five, six years that, you know, of training all these people. That's what we kind of show and enlighten people with, with the academy. Mm, excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fantastic workout, but in my experience, when you have people who understand how to box, teach it, it's a completely different experience. Yeah. People leave you know, learning something. They're not just throwing their arms around. And so that's why I, I asked that question. Yeah, I'm well, glad that that you, was the answer. Yeah, and, and how do you start? Like, So somebody is never like has no experience with boxing, right. and then you're, you're going to throw them into a class setting. Like, How do you guys approach that? I know that would be a bit challenging. Yeah, so we've come up with a system how to teach someone how to box within like seven minutes. Obviously, they're not going to be a great boxer in mm. seven minutes. Okay, takes. Doug, we're definitely doing a YouTube after this. Yes. Yeah. How to box in seven we minutes. We actually have mitts. We have mitts and Oh, shit. you have? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Watch, I'll show you. I'll teach them. We will. We're going to do a YouTube. Box. So if you're listening to this, we will do a YouTube followed up with the boys. And you'll be very surprised. Have you boxed before, Doug? You'll be very surprised how good he looks after seven minutes of working with us. Oh, we're, all, we're all doing it. I want to do yeah. it. Yeah. Pressure yeah. on me now to make yeah. him look yeah. good, right? Well, <laughs> it's, I hope we've got coordination. Now, it's probably going to take more like nine to twelve minutes at least for Sal because he's not. Uh, let me, he's not. He's not. Athletic. Actually, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't he's say on that. A bit of a spectrum. I wouldn't say that <laughs> yeah. before we do it because <laughs> at the yeah, end right? of it, he's yeah. going to give us a ranking, <laughs> and we'll see who learned uh, the best. Yeah. All right, I probably shouldn't have said anything. Spoke too soon. So, do you have? You obviously boxed professionally. You fought for a long time time yeah uh you have experience coaching fighters as well yeah i coached uh mma fighters brendan shabba was his head trainer for his last three fights in the ufc yes. awesome yeah and uh but before i start training him i never really watched mma or watched the ufc at all and he well, came you in were training him before you ever seen him or did you yeah no before he came to me for a boxing session and oh, he absolutely wow. loved it mm. and when he came to me he he never had a trainer who was organizing his camp. He was a bit everywhere. So, I, and I was asking him, I was like, why, why have you not got a trainer who's telling you to do this or a sport here or do this there? And he's like, well, I'd love it for you if you do that. And then I kind of went into it and then I start studying MMA and uh, in the UFC and, and the heavyweight division, especially because that's what he was in. And I fell in love with MMA, mm-hmm. you know, oh, wow. which which is which is weird for a boxer to say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there seems to be a rivalry. Yeah, there is. Between the two of there them, is. right? There uh, is. But I mean, I've I've been around boxing since I was ten years old. I'm 31 now, even though I look younger, mm. right? Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say 27. Yeah. 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 So I've been around boxing for for years, and I've I've sat there ringside for thousands and thousands of fights, and it gets a bit boring unless it's your friend fighting for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So now this MMA, I, I kind of love it, you know. So when I was training Brennan, it was a great opportunity for me to to learn something new, and uh, and. He, I mean, he did all right. He did all right with me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see that he won one out of three. He should have won two out of three. 
But uh, yeah, so I, I, that's my experience with mm-hmm. with MMA fighters. I trained Ronda Rousey a couple of times as well. She came to the gym and oh, I worked awesome. with her. Excellent. Yeah, uh, when she was thinking about leaving her trainer. She mm. never left him. She she stopped with him. Maybe yeah. she should. Right. Like she she should. probably should have stuck with you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was about two years ago. Mm. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean that's my experience with them. But but really, I don't want to train fighters. If I if I'm training anyone, I want to train trainers how to teach boxing because uh. now I'm spreading the 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 boxing uh, boxing to thousands of people. I can train. Well, we can train two hundred trainers that we've done last year how to teach boxing. Them two hundred trainers can go and teach. 100 people each and now, yeah. now, now we're spreading the box and burn method to to thousands of people around the world I love, I love your great. attitude about what got you said you've been boxing since you were 10 what got you into boxing to begin with uh, well I'm from a, a place called Sunland in the northeast of England uh, and it's right next to London right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it so is London I, well I'm from yeah, Europe yeah, it is London <laughs> I'm from Europe yeah. <laughs> and uh, so um, my uncle was a professional boxer. He wasn't. He wasn't the best. And I just got dragged to the gym when I was ten years old. Mm. And I mean, when I say dragged, I mean dragged to the gym. I wanted to play outside and be a little shit with the rest of my friends mm-hmm. from from the neighborhood. And you're still uh, a little shit. That's <laughs> 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 true. So and one and then when I was thirteen, I was the champion of England, a schoolboy champion. I was like, wow. Shit. And I was 14, I got picked the box for England. I was representing my country. I had a 14 year old. I was thinking, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at this. I'm good at this, yeah. then, then 15, I won another title. 16, another title. I'm captain in the England boxing team, which was a massive achievement for someone where I'm from. And then, obviously, I got put, when I was, no, when I was 16, I got put on an eight-year training program for the 2008 Olympics in the year 2000. So I went through them eight years of training, in, intense training, and then went to the Olympics, and like we said, we got a, a bronze medal. From well, let me, yeah, let me. A lot of people don't me, realize. Let me back you up on this whole training because I'm always interested with someone at your level, and also the fact that you're, you know, you're, you're in a leadership position now where you're teaching trainers how to train others. You know, when you look back and you assess yourself, do you do you think like uh, how much of this was genetics, hard work? the right coaching? Right. What do you attribute a lot of your success to uh, going through that? That's a great question. And I think it comes down to a lot of things as well, a little bit of luck, you know? You need to have mm-hmm. a little bit of luck. Because when you fight in the Olympics, you get you get a, a draw. Or before the fight in the Olympics, you get a draw. You can fight the champion, your first fight, and you'll be out and, you know, no right. one know who you were. But, I mean, obviously, the, the, the number one thing is hard work and, and dedication. You've got to be dedicated. Like, I'm, I'm 17, 18, 19-year-old, all my friends are out partying and drinking in England. I'm right. on the road running, putting miles in and at mm. the gym uh, two or three times a day. So it's a massive sacrifice. Mm-hmm. I can speak to this. <laughs> <laughs> Tony works his ass off more, harder than a lot of people I've ever seen in my entire life, but he's not the most coordinated person in the world. <laughs> try take him out to the basketball court. Any, any American sport, try to throw a football, he can't do it. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now, he worked his ass off to yeah. get to where he was. It's, oh, it's, nice pretty, it's pretty inspiring to see. Yeah, you know, is it common to see fighters who are excellent at fighting but be bad at, at uh, other sports? I, I, I saw that quite a bit when I would grapple and whatever. Like these guys yeah. who were extremely talented at, you know, judo or jiu-jitsu or boxing – and then they'd go play another sport. And was like, I mean, I'm not terrible. Play. I mean, I might, I, might not be as good as, I might not be as good as you. Why is it called football anyway when you throw it? You know? I agree with that. You know, a lot of people don't realize that England has a rich history in uh, the sport of uh, fighting, boxing. It goes back yeah. a very, very long time. Um, and uh, there's a culture of it. Uh, you know, I, had, I had a very close friend of mine who was from England. And he used to tell me, yeah, you know, we'd go out, and he grew up in a rough neighborhood, but he'd say, yeah, we'd go out and 
drink and we get in fights and then we'd all drink afterwards. <laughs> and uh, I've heard that from more than one person. Yeah, I mean, it sounds about right. That's what uh, that's what <laughs> you do British from where I'm from. <laughs> you have a fight, you shake hands at the end, have a, have a drink with a person, you know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, ever, ever since I learned to walk when I was two, three years old, my, my granddad was in a boxing stance, punching his hands, trying to learn his, learn his boxing, you know. So it's something that was kind of inbred in us. And mm. I mean, it, it was a, it's been a really tough journey. I've had like four or five surgeries on my elbow, my eye, my hands. Wow. Uh, and I've took so so many punches to the head, mm. took a lot of punishment. You know, I, I did some maths <laughs> and uh, I had 106 fights in my career, 106 fights. Now, if it, for each one of them fights, I sparred 10 times, right? And mm. see, each one of them spars was six rounds. Each one of them rounds, I got punched in the face seven times. The total number anyway comes to over 50,000. So I've been punched in the head over 50,000 yeah, times. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's why crazy I, when wow. you think of that like that. Wow. Yeah, that's why I look about 50. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 31. No, you know, you can not, still remember things. You know what? You're not that yeah, ugly man. though yeah. for that many times. I got to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's what's funny? I've done that maths. I've done it on one of my podcasts and I come out, the, out of the room when I, where I'd done it and I was like, wow, I've been punched. That's got to affect me. Imagine like I would be a bit smarter. Obviously, obviously, if you've been punched in the head. <laughs> You'd you be gotta, brilliant. You've got to be smart. <laughs> yeah. So I, co- I come out of the, uh, out of, it was in the boxing gym and I, and I, and I seen an, another former fighter there. I went, listen mate, I, had a hun- I told him 106 fights 50,000 times. Wow, he went, well, I've had 265 fights. Imagine how many times I've been punched in the head. I'm not going to name his name, but he was in some wars. And I went, do you think it's affected you at all, uh, like your mind and all that? He went, nah, it's made me smarter. Fucking hell. 100% he's punchy. You know? uh, so yeah, I mean, all, all the punishment that's done on, on my body and on my mind, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it because mm. if, it, if it wasn't for boxing, I wouldn't be sitting with you beautiful gentlemen right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I, think it, I think, you know, people have talked about fighting as being the, the purest or the most original. I've said, when you, the, the original sport. I mean, when you look at sports now, really, you look at football, you look at all these team sports and everybody gets behind their team. It's really an extension of what, you know, the, the primal instinct to watch your tribe fight another tribe for resources. And so fighting is kind of, it's just that it's it's about as pure as it gets, especially when you're when you're hitting each other. I mean, you're in the ring, it's you and the other guy and that's it, man. You, you know, it's one yeah. of us is going to win, one of us is going to lose. We're going to hit each other. We're going to respect each other. Yeah, you I know, mean, at the end of it, I mean, yeah, there's a lot, lot of fighting, and what they see about mentally, it's, it's mentally, it's it's so tough. You know, you've got to be mentally strong. Getting in a ring in front of thousands of scary. people having a fight, scary. It's it's mad. I don't even know what's legal, really. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, it's it's mad. You're yeah. having a fight, and he's trying to hurt you. You trying to hurt him. So you've got to be... And you're following like these set rules, like, hey, we're going to kill each other, but we're going to follow these rules right, yeah. and not break them. And yeah. it's just, it's incredible. What's, it's incredible. What goes through your mind when you get ready to walk into a ring? I'm always in, I'm always fascinated with like the fighter's mentality before yeah. they get in. It's a funny lot you of them are different, right? I've just done an Instagram post and I spoke all about the mindset because you're walking into the ring, you, your nerves have gone, your heart rate's, your heart's beating fast. You're trying to keep calm, you're breathing. Uh, and and you and you're thinking. Well, this is me personally. I think everyone's different. I'm thinking I'm I'm going to hurt this fucker because if I don't hurt him, he's going to hurt me. Mm. But at the same time, you don't want to get hit. There's so much going through your mind, and then you're thinking about pleasing the crowd or, mm. or not pleasing the crowd, or or making sure your promoter's happy with your performance. Because if he's not happy, then mm. my fights were on TV. So it was like I've, if I if I don't fight well, the TV network might drop me or or whatever. You know. Mm. So there's a lot going through your mind, but. Really, when the when the bell rings, all I'm thinking about is hitting him hard and not getting hit. 
No? Wow. I have a boxing question for you. I trained a gentleman years ago who, at the time, uh, he's since, uh, he's, he's a lot older now, but back when I trained him, he was 75 or 76 years old, much older gentleman, but he boxed in his youth quite a bit. Right. Uh, that's, that's, he, he had a full-time job, but he also boxed uh, for a long time. And old Irish guy. And I'll never forget, 75 years old, uh, one session we were in, he was telling me all these stories about, I loved hearing his stories about his, his matches. And this, of course, is back in the day when for a referee to, to, to declare someone a winner, you had to either be dead or completely knocked out. <laughs> yeah. Like they didn't so stop like fighting. Knuckles. So they were just, it was just, it was brutal, right? And uh, I'll never forget, we were talking about boxing. He was, he was kind of coaching me because I was asking him questions and he just hit me in the shoulder. And he's a, this is a 75, 76-year-old man. And I couldn't believe, and he was fucking around. It wasn't like you right. the, the Just the weight of his hand hitting me in the arm. And I told him, I said, holy shit, man. I said, you could easily knock me out. And he said to me, he said, the last thing to leave a, yeah. a, a boxer is his power or how hard his strength, how hard he hits. Is that true? That, that is true. I mean, I think the, the first thing that goes is your timing mm. and then your speed. But the last thing that goes, if it, I don't think it ever goes, is your power. Did you ever see that video on Facebook that went viral about there was an old guy who looked in his 70s or 80s yes. and he was spawned with some young kid. I saw that. I was going to say, if anything, you get out. stronger. I think your power probably gets the old man's strength. I think that is very, yeah. So we talk about boxing, we, yeah. we talk about this. Yeah. We, we, and it's, we attribute that central to nervous central system. nervous system. Yeah. Yeah. And just living in your body. Yeah, and you're it. so connected to every right. little muscle in your body, and mm-hmm. you've done this so many times, repetitive. Over, there's actually huge benefit to that, you know, especially yeah. in something like boxing, yeah. right? So, and then once you get the technique down and learn to breathe and relax, I mean, the, the power, the power will never really go. Wow. Mm. What about the ability to take a punch? Is this something that is genetic, or can you learn? Uh, how to move with a punch and how to take a punch because you see like there's fighters right. that just don't seem they just got a head made out of cement yeah I don't think you can ever you can get trained to take a punch what's funny and I, and I tell people is you actually get used to getting punched in the face like if I, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I put a glove on now and I hit you like this hard yeah. you'd be like oh fuck I felt that yeah. if you didn't to me I I, I wouldn't feel it, you uh, know. Mm. Not that my face goes numb, but you get you get used to it, which mm-hmm. is weird. But uh, when you were talking about getting, you, get, you, hear, you hear the phrase "glass chin" all the time, yeah. right? I mean, there's no training your chin. I really do think once you've been knocked out once or twice. Uh, luckily, I never got knocked out in my life, but I think your durability goes and you start getting knocked out easier. Mm. It's just like football know? players. You see that, you know, once you have one concussion, they become. More, more yeah, frequent. more rampant. Yeah. Wow. What was your? What were you known for as a boxer? Was it? I was. I was like a box fighter, which is like I, I, I punch really hard. I'm not trying to blow my own trumpet, but I punch really hard. Mm. Uh, but I, I would move my feet as well. So I mm-hmm. think footwork is the is the best defense of a boxer. So that was my thing, really. It's a scary, scary thing to see this guy or anybody, any boxer that is that that size and has the speed and the footwork that they have. I mean, with the power, it's it's. So, well, let's talk about that for a second because sure. what, for the layman, when you watch boxing, you don't notice footwork. It doesn't register. on the punches. Right. Yeah. What is, how important is footwork? What does that contribute to your ability or boxing, of, of boxing? I'd say it's everything. Wow. If you don't have your feet, then you don't, nothing else is there. I mean, you I think it's probably the thing. With, yeah, it's, it's yeah. the same with most sports. You know, like in football, if you were to go hit somebody, you're going to be a lot stronger if you're grounded and low mm-hmm. versus it's the same thing in, uh, I'm sorry, in, in boxing. I think it's very much... You know everything. Like mm-hmm. people thought Mike Tyson was just a 
if he punches you, he knocks you out. No one really thinks about Mike Tyson's footwork. Mm, it was oh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, if you yeah. if you if you ever watch your Mike Tyson fight back, yeah. watch his feet, watch how fast his feet are, watch mm. how he plants them when he throws the punches. Mm-hmm. See, that, that's I'm, what my client told me, the 75-year-old well, We would talk about Mike Tyson, and that's exactly what he told oh, me. He did? Exactly. He said, Sal, he said, the reason why Tyson was so effective was his footwork. He could throw a hard punch from also any angle because yeah. he knew how to place his feet so well. He said, but his one weakness, and I mean, I, I would love your opinion on this, was that he didn't have good balance, I guess, going backwards. And I, I think when he boxed Buster Douglas, Buster Douglas kept, just kept du- double and tripling his jab, pushing him back, and he wasn't able to get yeah, his Yeah, I mean, his it, was, it was hard for him to box in the back foot, but like... There was just not a style. Yeah, mm. there, there wasn't very many fighters who could put Mike Tyson on his back. <laughs> yeah. And fuck, would you want to try doing that? You know what I mean? what? I'm glad we went this direction because I actually love when we get someone with your knowledge, uh, which also I think has got to be annoying. Is it annoying for you to sit and watch a boxing match or a fight with guys that don't know shit about fighting, yeah. yelling at the screen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, left. Oh, you should. Oh, God. He go- I me. can't believe he put it in his hands like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, when you when you have venues, uh, the well, you get advice. Knock them out. Yeah, knock yeah. them out. No yeah. shit. What do you think I'm trying to do in there? <laughs> I mean, I'm in the, I remember hearing that. I'm in the ring fighting. And it's like, go, oh, Tony, knock them out. Knock them out. Hit him. Hit him. Yeah. Like, what? what I'm, all right. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, let's go through some fighters that are currently fighting right now, like the Mayweathers. And like, what are, what's your, like, who who impresses you? And what what what's something that maybe the average person doesn't really know about some of these fighters yeah. that the, you There's a guy called Triple G. Have mm-hmm. you heard of him? I have heard of him. Yeah. 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 He's yeah. a beast. He's from Kazakhstan. Stan, mm-hmm. uh, and he, he's he's knocking everyone out. I think he's got the record for the most knockouts in the middleweight yeah. division. Wow, yeah. he's, he's smashing everyone. And uh, Maybe consecutive knockouts of any weight division. Really? Yeah, he's he's a beast, and and not very many people's heard of him. If he was marketable, if you got a mouth like Mayweather, that's why. If Mayweather wasn't flashy and he wasn't mouthy. He would be unheard of. He wouldn't be a gazillionaire like yeah. he is now. But because he's got that mouth and he's and he, and he can talk and he can sell his shit out of fights, hmm. that's why he's so successful. Same as Muhammad Ali. That's how yeah. Muhammad Ali was probably yeah. one of the first fighters to do that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. as a matter of fact, uh, you know, again, my old client he used to talk about these stories all the time, and he'd tell me, "Listen, you know, Ali, especially at that time, especially if you were an African African American fighter, mm-hmm. you came in, you showed up, you were polite, thank you very much, I'm a fight, whatever." Yeah. I think Jack Johnson was flashy. Uh, but he was yeah. he 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 got in a lot of trouble for it at the, in, in those times. Here comes Muhammad Ali acting like you know he's reading poems, he's acting crazy, mm-hmm. and he intimidated a lot of his opponents because right. they don't know you know yeah. what was what was going. There's that famous picture of him uh, knocking down uh, what's his name, Sonny Liston, yeah. and Sonny Liston was quote you know quoted as saying like I, I'll, I'm not afraid of any man except for a crazy man, yeah. right? You know, yeah. so it's very effective. So I mean, with that Morgan, like if Muhammad Ali wasn't like that, it would be just like yeah. most heavyweights, not very well heard of, but like. With uh, Triple G, he's fighting. He's not marketable, but his mm. fighting's marketable because he's knocking everyone out. Mm-hmm. So people want to see him cost that. If he had a bit of a mouth as well, he would be like a household name. Everyone, <laughs> you would all heard of him, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But he's for for me, he's he's one of the the best fighters around now. And that comes down to his amateur days. When he was an amateur, he must have had two hundred, three hundred fights. But no one really knows him because he's from Kazakhstan. So some smart promoter has went to there and found him. Like this guy can fight. Let's bring him to America and try and market him, and now now he's smashing it. Now wow. he's, now yeah. he's doing really. What well. about uh, throughout all of boxing? Who are some of you, some of the ones that are just stand out to you that you like to look up to? Or 
Uh, my favourite one is Roy Jones Jr. Oh, I remember Roy, remember Roy Jones? Oh, God, I mean, he was fun to watch. Oh, he was the best to watch. Great in movement. his day, yeah. he's still fighting now though. It's like, mate, you should have yeah, retired yeah. like mm. ten years ago or whatever mm. it was. But uh, he's he's killing his legacy now by keep fighting and yeah. keep getting knocked After out. After Tarver, right? After that Tarver era, yeah, right? Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. But wow. he was he was amazing. I, I don't know if you've heard of Prince Nazim Hamad. Yeah, yeah, you have absolutely. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're. English listeners all know who he is. He was so entertaining, so flashy. Very. The, the same, big mouth, and he could back it up as well. Mm. What about the different styles of boxing? You know, you have like, uh, you, know, you know, the Mexican fighters and then the English fighters. Right. And you've got, uh, is there truth to the Russian fighters? Do they, are there different camps where they train differently or you could tell like, oh, I, I can tell what, where you've been training? Yeah, I mean, uh, someone told us before, I don't know if it's true about Mexicans got hard skulls. Like yeah. They can take like, ridiculous punches. Mm. Well, then they say Triple G is a Mexican-style fighter. He trains with the, with, uh, what's his trainer's name? The Mexican guy. Yeah, uh, Abel Sanchez. Abel Sanchez, yeah. Mm. And, and, yeah, Chavez had that reputation. Yeah. I think that's probably yeah. the one who started right. that, right? Like rock, yeah. rock hard skull. I remember I was training for a professional fight and the Mexican national team come in, the, the champions, and I sparred with a light heavyweight, done four rounds with him. I was hitting him with everything and he was coming forward. I was like, oh, this is for easy. And then, I, then the heavyweight got in and I was hitting him with everything, but I was getting tired and these fuckers were just coming and coming and coming. And then I ended up getting my head punched in for the last two rounds because I was knackered. You, uh-huh. said, you said the same about the, the Russian, Far Eastern, European yeah, style as well. Yeah, them's so. the same, like non-stop, they can take a punch. And like the, like this Triple G we're talking about as well, absolute beast. And I think more Eastern Europeans is going to be coming onto the, onto the professional boxing Klitschko, scene. Klitschko, Ruslan, Provodnikov has been through some wars. You also watch the, the Provodnikov. Bradley, you've watched that fight. Yeah, right? yeah. It's, that is a scary fight to watch, but it's amazing. So after that fight as well, I think Tim Bradley's he's, brain was bleeding. He went into a coma, right? I don't is think he's been the same. No, he's not been <laughs> he's the been same since. several it's, wars. It's yeah. so dangerous, you know. It's so dangerous. I mean, these styles with the Mexicans getting punched in the head all the time. Now, not until I've retired from boxing, I realise just how dangerous boxing is and uh, I mean you only get one mind mm. so <laughs> this is funny so I told you I've been punched in the face over 50,000 times I start thinking because I, I did get forgetful I still am a bit forgetful losing stuff and shit and being lackadaisy and I was getting worried about it and I was telling my wife my, my wife's an emergency room nurse and she was like oh well maybe you should get checked out and then I've got a friend Audley Harrison who was Olympic champion I told him about it and says have you ever had any problems like this he says, go to this Cleveland clinic in Vegas. They do all brain studies for uh, boxers and stuff. So I went to Vegas and got a brain scan, done these tests where you're sitting on a computer and the, uh, uh, you've got to remember numbers that they put on the screen and type them out. And it was balance tests. And it was pretty scary. And then after I got the results and the results came back, I was normal for a 31-year-old. This was recent. And then the doctor called us. He says, well, we've, we found something on your brain everyone's brain, you might know this, is attached to the skull by a thing, a membrane, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. He says, your membrane's got a, a real big split in it. And I was like, shit. And that was through boxing because mm-hmm. when you get punched in the head, your brain rattles in your skull and with the rattling, yeah. it's ripped this membrane. He said, there's mm-hmm. nothing, no evidence that shows that affects your everyday life. But like 50% of boxers that we test have had this problem with the membrane. Is yeah. that blood brain barrier? Is that what no, no, oh, that's no. that's just yeah, that's something different. But that's that's fascinating. But they didn't they don't know if that means yeah, anything they don't know. But but otherwise, your performance was it was all right. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but it was Excellent. it's scary. It's scary to know that you've got. A, a rip on your brain through, <laughs> right. through boxing. That sounds hella yeah, scary. Yeah. 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 Well, it can't be good for you, right? Uh, right. Yeah. 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 You know what they're finding now? Um, they're, they're finding now uh, cannabinoids. Cannabinoids are the molecules found in, in marijuana. Uh, do a tremendous job of preventing 
um, uh, you know, uh, brain damage or preventing hemorrhaging, preventing, you know, <laughs> give it a try. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you won't ever, he will never. No, no, no. I'll tell you, no, no. Uh, you know, and there's, well, there's, a, there's, a, there's a big push yeah. to use it now uh, to allow NFL players to use it because they're finding that uh, through the repetitive, you know, uh, you know, slamming on the skull or whatever that, that, that under the influence of cannabinoids or cannabinoids after reduces inflammation, reduces that runaway, you know, inflammation that then can later on turn into things. Right. Yeah. Um, they're finding that it, it stops things or, or prevents things like Alzheimer's and other degenerative disorders. So, um, and, it, and it, yeah, and, uh, it could be any cannabinoid, CBD okay. being one of them. And the second thing is, uh, our ketones, ketones, which, um, uh, your body produces when you eat a, a ketogenic diet, or you can supplement with ketones nowadays. They sell them, um, and they find that the brain just operates better and heals better uh, under ketones. So something to something right. to look into. Yeah, I've, I've yeah. told a few of my friends who are fighters, and yeah, I'm not going to start smoking pot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to I want you to take us back to when uh, you mentioned you guys training on the beach. This this interests me, and I'm really interested and fascinated with uh, your business model and what drove you that direction because. About four years ago, <clears throat> my buddy Brendan Abadejo gave me a call and wanted me to help him start up his his Orange Theory. Uh, and when I looked at it, I was I was like, man, this is really smart. This is a smart business model. Uh, been in fitness for a long time. I kind of saw the direction. I knew that this uh, one-on-one training was getting really expensive and a lot of the average people couldn't afford it and the, the economy that where we were going. And but yet people knew they needed help and guidance, and so these the smaller classes or private type gyms uh, were on the rise. And I thought it was brilliant with the way they incorporate the heart rate monitor. So what led you guys to that? And you know how long were you doing the free thing on the beach? Like what did that look like? I mean, what led us me. to us? That's uh, well, initially again before Tony came uh, to this other gym, you know they had had some success with their boxing program. Uh, I came in and then Tony came in. We really started to um, get more numbers, get more people there. And, you know, initially we only had two stations. We were doing heavy bags and mitts. And because there were more people, we had to find a way to allow more people in the door. So we added a third station, which is a strength conditioning station. So we did that and it all it all worked out. It, it yielded great results. People loved it. Um, How many years know, ago was this? This was about a little over six years ago. Or right oh, I think six, five. Five. Five, mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. yeah between five and six years ago. Yeah. Um, and you know, it was just, people loved it. It just, people really attracted to it and, and, and they, they kept coming back and, you know, we knew we were onto something, uh, and we, we, you know, we've made fine tunings here and there as we've gone. Um, obviously as we've grown, classes have gotten bigger and, and more people have come. So, you know, it just, I don't know. I mean, well, tell me about that. What are some of the learning curves that you went? Cause I, sure. you know, you guys really, have uh, created something. I yeah, mean, it's right. not like, even though you have, uh, you know, similar type of model, you mentioned mm-hmm. that, you know, oh, we've emulated some of the things that they're doing, but mm-hmm. you guys have really uh, have created something that no one else has really done. Um, I'm fascinated with that. I'm also interested with the evolution of that. Like, sure. you know, you went from working for a company where you had one or two, three stations realizing, oh shit, there's a business here. Yeah. And you take it out to a beach where you have more flexibility, it sounds mm-hmm. like, right. and mm-hmm. you, you could create what you want to create because mm-hmm. it's yours. We went yeah. When we went to the beach, we were on there doing, like I said, donations only boot camps and we loved it. We were passionate about it. And we had Mickey Rock was the investor. You know Mickey Rock? Yeah, yes. I do. He was supposed to be investing in the gym. So when he... He was out of town for a movie. Me and Kev were searching the streets of Elliot for, for a, a facility. We found one. We invested all of our money into, into the gym when Mickey was supposed to be coming back. He was supposed to be giving us 100 grand. Mm. That's what, was it, what the deal was to invest because our boot camp blew up. And then he came back uh, 
and we never agreed on some of the terms that he wanted to change. So he was out. He was out. So that was the best thing that happened to us. Now it's just two of us rather than three of us. Wow. So wow. so you guys had counted on that extra hundred thousand dollars. What did you do at that point? Uh, well, we 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 did, we'd invested everything in, into that. Yeah. But by this point, when he got back from the movie, it was like month two. We broke even. We're like. Mm-hmm. We don't need that. We no, don't need we that. There was no initial investment. Really, I mean, uh, yes, there was to, to to sign the lease and to get in the door, get the keys. Uh, we paid first month and, and second month rent to get in. But aside from that, we were in an empty warehouse, mm. and oh, we awesome. just we just kind of yeah. we literally just in, reinvested money as we grew. Mm-hmm. So, what inspired that model? I mean, where, did you guys look at like CrossFits and go, "Oh, this is smart"? Yeah. Did you look at Orange Theories? Were that I don't even know if Orange Theories around yet mm-hmm. at that point in LA. No, yeah, I bet they weren't. Yeah, because they, no. they were in Florida still, and they hadn't yeah. came over yet. We kind of just created, and it was people were loving it, and people will keep coming back. Since we started day one, we've changed quite a bit you know mm. as you evolve but now like the model the business model that we've got now i mean the, the, the class model we've got now is fantastic people loving it we got the point where we were having like 60 70 nearly 80 people showing up for a class mm. where we're like shit we can't even we kind of put these people in there so we had to cap our classes so we've knocked all that back and now keeping the quality high with 30 people in the class and we've got like i said before the podcast we've got wait list of, of 20 people on a night coming uh, for for the facility, which for us is amazing because in LA there's a there's a there's a gym on every single corner. It is so yeah. for them to come want to come to us and and be on wait lists and stuff. I mean, it's it's great. It says so a you lot. Got, if you, you guys- success, if you if you're successful in LA, if you open up several in the LA area and they're successful, mm-hmm. you could probably be successful in uh, almost any metropolitan area. So you, you open up that you open up, you get your lease two months. You guys are starting to break even already. How many classes a week are you holding right now? At that point, probably twelve. 12, around 12. Yeah, it was, it was, was it just you two guys keep teaching him at this point? That, and we had Glenn as well. Yeah, one we had our, one more guy teaching. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then the classes started to get busier, word of mouth. Yelp was massive for us. And we, we blew up. And then within 18 months, like I said, we were having that many people coming. I was like, what we're going to do? Let's open another location. So we opened our second location in Brentwood. Uh, if you're familiar with Brentwood, yeah. it's, it's a nice area. Mm-hmm. And and now we've got wait lists on that in that one as well, you know? So it's like, I will, I will, plan is to open the third location but at the same time we've got this box and burn academy what we what we both really love and doing where we're teaching the trainers hmm. the education program but that's really took off and people's flying around their world come close. so now how does that work so someone takes your 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 they go to your box and burn academy they learn uh your techniques the way that they put the structure to class together classes together is that what they do no we learn them how to teach boxing how to hold oh. the mitts how to teach someone like Doug, who comes who comes to to you for uh, training, mm-hmm. teach them how to box, mm. and then and then hold the mitts and push them on the heavy bag and do boxing specific warm ups mm. and wrap hands that sort of thing. It's uh, we having lots of success for it. Yeah, we're really trying to to kind of reach out to those trainers that you know because every every client these days now they want to be involved, they want to do boxing, they want to do kickboxing, mm-hmm. something. Uh, and like you mentioned earlier, you know you you see a lot of trainers at gyms looking just downright yeah. foolish trying mm-hmm. to hold the mitts. So. We're trying to cater to those people, fill that niche a little bit, and, and really help them um, not look foolish, not how, how to train their clients not to get injured uh, mm. in, a, in an effective and, and um, safe, safe So this is, for per, this is for personal training clients. Mm. Yeah. Now, what about if someone wants to start teaching classes? Have you thought about doing certifications where they yes. can take that and know you have? Yeah, yeah, so we've done the level one, which is the basics of boxing. We, okay. We're doing the level two, which is more advanced boxing mitt work. And then we're looking at the level three, which is going to be uh, boxing-specific uh, strength and conditioning work. And then 
talking about the business side of things, mm. running classes and, and that sort of thing. We want to build a whole like school out of it where you got 201, 202, 203, and you got 301, 30, which is, but also I think we want to use the academy and the whole curriculum as a way to kind of, we'll leverage that a little bit when we t- decide to, to grow even further. Mm-hmm. You know, so if we, if, if there's going to be an, uh, you know, we franchise a box and burn in New York. Mm-hmm. All everybody that's going to work for that gym has to come to us. Oh, yeah. Do all of that curriculum. Go through all of that. God damn, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. it's very smart. It's just what Twenty Four Hour Fitness used to do. Yeah. What's the uh, that 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 pump workout? Right, the guy that had that like as a license. Like you'd come in and he body actually, pump, body pump. Yeah, yeah. something like that. I, I just right. see like a way for you to like be able to license the class and the curriculum yeah. and all that, yes. and then it just influence all so these fran- gyms. So franchising yeah. is in the future then. Franchising or licensing, maybe. Uh, we get that's, asked that's, all the time, yeah. don't we, from Always. people around the world, Istanbul, uh, India even, mm. uh, England, we get Dublin, Ireland. We get asked all the time about franchising, but we're not ready. We don't want to franchise to make a, a quick book. Right. We want to... We wanna, be ready and right. we want to we want to keep the quality in the box and burn and, brand high and i can you know uh, here's my guess as to why Integrity. because you're both you're both actual boxers right yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah. so yeah. you know you have pride in what you're doing versus you know hey i'm going to go into yeah. fit, fitness and open a boxing gym and then yeah. you know, then i'll just franchise the hell out of it. like you have pride behind what yeah, you're doing yeah it's got to be right just like our certification course it's got to be right and one great thing about our certification course that we're getting is we're getting people telling us that they're starting to, this is kind of a little sales pitch as well. Mm. They're, they're making more money now because they're teaching their clients boxing. Mm. Do you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's giving them so, another tool in their arsenal to, to work out when they're doing personal yeah. training. It's opened more doors and they they can train, they can cater to more people now because, again, most just about any client these days wants to supplement their, their cardio or their, their resistance training mm-hmm. with some sort of strike. Oh, I would have I loved to have had this. I mean, uh, being yeah. a trainer who, you know, I have all the NASM certifications pretty much, most of the main ones, mm-hmm. and uh, always had to keep the CEUs. And yeah. so and the fact that you guys are actual CEU with, with them, I mean, yeah. that in itself would have been a no-brainer for me. Like, oh, yeah. and I love holding mitts for my clients. I would much rather be trained by a professional who teaches yeah. me plus get my CEUs. So it's kind of a no-brainer if sure. you – are a trainer and you have to do your continuing education units mm-hmm. to and you want to hold mitts. I mean, you should learn how to do it the right way. I think that's awesome. Now, the two of you, I always love asking business partners, you know, how do you guys complement each other? Like who's got what what are your strengths? <laughs> what are your strengths? What do you suck at? What's he suck at? What do you what do you guys uh I wanted to ask you guys the same question. Yeah. <laughs> We're kind of like chalk and cheese. We're, we're, uh, You're kind of like, what did you say? Chocolate, <laughs> chocolate and cheese? No, no, chalk. Chalk and cheese. Do you oh, know this that? is an English, 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 English expression. Yeah. We're, 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 kind of, we're kind of different uh, in a lot of ways. We clash a little bit like, like this, you know, on, on certain things. But mm. Kev's got a degree in business. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I'm, I've, more, I've got business experience, but more like street knowledge mm. and streetwise with that sort of stuff. Uh, Kev's very organized and, and very patient where I'm 100 mile an hour and I want... If it was if it was for me, we would have had five gyms doing probably not very well now, mm. you know. But with Kev, he's put the brakes on that. And he's like, no, we need to get this this system in place, this system in place, this system in place, which is which is great, you know. Mm. We complement each other very well. Mm. We really yeah. do. That's what I would say. I think to go back before that, uh, we are we get you can get to see you through NASA, but we also get ACE and uh, IFFA or IF. What was that? Yeah, one? IFFA and yeah. Uh, ISSA mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Nice. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we both have, you know, athletic backgrounds. I didn't start boxing until college. I have more of a, like a traditional uh, basketball, baseball, football uh, background. And then in college, I went to University of Kentucky from Kentucky and uh, had the privilege of working with the basketball program there as, under the strength coach. Oh, uh, shit. Todd Forcier. He's the strength coach for the Trailblazers now. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of mentored me into the training world. I, I'd spent my whole life in the gym, but, uh, you know, he really taught me, you know, the science of it and, and philosophies and theories and stuff. But, um, so we have that, that, that athletic and, and, um, training background, but yeah, I mean, he, like, you know, he's, he doesn't give himself enough, himself enough credit. He really does have a lot of, he's very, um, business savvy. Uh, he may not have a degree in, in finance, but he's very business savvy, has a lot of great ideas, great at marketing, social media, all the online presence stuff. I mean, he's incredible at, and without that, we want to be where we are. Um, at University of Kentucky, I got a um, degree in finance and business management and then a master's in sports uh, administration and coaching. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've we all kind of put all of those pieces together and it's, you know, it's it's yielded great, great results. But, yeah, I mean, to, we do balance each other out. You know, we there are there is a lot of friction. It is a marriage. I mean, it's it is that. And but at the end of the day, we have to know how to communicate and, and speak our minds to each other and, and reach some sort of common ground. That common ground is usually a balance between what each of us uh, is thinking and, and it usually is, is the best decision. That's yeah, cool. Do you boys get into it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, all the time. Absolutely. Who's yeah. the cock? Who's the fucking mother? <laughs> That's the problem. We're all, we're all, we're all cocks. Yeah, we're all <laughs> I'm you know, probably the biggest pain ways, in the ass to work yeah. out with all of us. Yeah, no, probably Doug would probably be the best one to answer who's the biggest pain yeah, in the ass out yeah. of us. Who was sure. it, Doug? Doug's also very political. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm staying out of this. Yeah. 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 He's a taskmaster. Yeah. yeah I, 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 you know, I think the. What I found, I've had other partners in the past. I've had other businesses, and what I found the, the success that we've had working together really comes down to our ego, or I should say, lack of ego. I mean, we're mm-hmm. all very confident, very, very confident in our ideas, very confident in what we do. But when we get down to it and we argue or debate something, and it, and it gets heated at the end of the conversation, it's always what's best. Somebody, somebody, one of us will decide, or whatever will decide. Hey, your idea is better let's go with or i still disagree but you know what let's go with your idea because i just want what's best for the business so right. mm-hmm. yeah. i think what gets in the way of a lot of uh, partnerships is that ego you Stubborn. know what i mean one of them has to they, uh, they both have to be right and right. at the end of the day that's that's what that's what destroys Do you think it's easier because there's three years than two years well there's four mm. of us because doug is definitely oh, uh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah, and we're a four we're a perfect four-way split and out of all, each of us have definitely different strengths. I mean, we all... we rec- uh, and That's it. We recognize them. Yeah. Like, I know right. what these guys are good at, and I know what I'm good at, and they know what I'm good at, and we just we just work with that. Which I think, yeah. I, I think like, let's... I mean, and I was going to dive into, and we can in just a minute, uh, the social media aspect and being guys in their 30s, because I always like talking to guys that are 30 plus that are having to deal with this generation coming up bullshit. <laughs> right. So, you know, you'll, you'll take each one of us, and, you know, like you guys have different, a little bit of different backgrounds. Each of us have different backgrounds. Justin's actually the only one in here with his... Uh, his bachelor's in business, uh, or excuse me, in uh, Kines. Kines, uh, Kines. Yeah. Uh, Sal and I didn't uh, finish our degrees, so we don't even have a formal education. Mm-hmm. But each of us have kind of uh, specialties and expertise or things that we have strengths. And so maybe like I'm I'm talking about something that might be in my strength, and these guys are arguing, debating. Typically, if it's something that I'm strong and the, 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 they might back off a little bit and allow me to take a little bit of lead, even if they are debating. And the same thing goes for them. Like I'm not going to say, even though if I have a, a brilliant idea on how we're going to shoot this next footage or how we're going to do a green screen shot or sales and marketing thing, well, I might be yelling and debating my argument. But at the end of the day, I'm going to let Doug probably have the final say because that is his expertise. Right. Even and and the way he is is he'll listen to all of us and take take all that information. And I, I feel like 
we can trust him to come up with the, the best idea from there. So it's actually really uh, – Doug's pretty- – we call him the cat herder. Yeah. Yeah, because he's constantly trying to herd three cats, you know. It's, yeah, it's, it's pretty magical how We're it all, all works. fighting over the milk. But I actually <laughs> wanted to ask you guys, because uh, you're Jeez. both in your 30s, right? You guys yeah, are 30-plus. Uh, what has it been like for you guys uh, with the whole social media thing? What's that like for you? And um, do you feel like you're still learning that? Are you really good at that? Do you think that there's areas you need to improve? What do you, what, what's been your assessment as entrepreneurs right. and this generation now of building a business? I love social media. I've been on social media since the MySpace days and something that I've, I've put a lot of time into educating myself on that and, now social media for business is, is fantastic. You have it's, to. It's the, it's the best. You've got to. Yeah, yeah, you've got to. And I think we're getting a lot of people coming to us, the gym and their academy through social media, through the Instagrams and the not so much the Facebook. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's really blew up and it's really helped the business mm. uh, by being on there and being consistent on there and, and posting the right things. It's it's massive for us. The thing about social media that's, that was difficult for me initially was that you got to be on there. Like right. you got to constantly be on that. It was very different from any other. It's literally another job. It is, yeah, it and is. Uh, you know, you're, you're married. Yeah, you have any children? Yeah, two children. You got to, so, uh, how is that? You know, having to be on there. You know, because because yeah. it is. You shut it off after a certain time. Yeah, because yeah, I, yeah. I find that very challenging. Yeah. It's hard. Last night was the first night that I've, I'm starting this new thing where I'm switching my phone off at 7 p.m. and I want to leave it off until the next morning at seven. So mm-hmm. I'm to work 12 hours a day, seven till seven, and switch it off and and try and. Because you've got kids, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it, it's hard because you to get focused and, and switch off from work, especially when you're on that social media all the time. And that was one of the biggest struggles I had personally was switching off at night. So last year, I was on the drink all the time because mm. having, having a, a bottle of wine at night was great. To calm I'd, down. I'd, I'd calm down. I'd switch off. I'd just give my wife all the lovely time that, that she deserved. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, That's where the cannabis comes to play. <laughs> you're, you're right with me. I'm like, I like his influence. Switch yeah. that out and you're good. <laughs> yeah. uh, so switching off and that, that is the toughest part, especially with social media because it's non-stop, especially if you've got your notifications turned on on your phone, which I've turned all of mine off, all of them's oh, off no, uh, yeah. because that, that message you're up, you know, mm-hmm. your phone will flash, like I've just seen yours flashing there. Yeah. You, look, you look over like, who's that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, social media though—it's—it's it's massive. It's great. It's great for meeting new people. Great for networking, and and yeah, we love it. Well, you—you you seem to be uh, have a unique um, combination of qualities that you don't see a lot in fighters because you see a lot of boxers, or you know, or fighters do well in in their sport. A lot of them don't do well, but a lot of them do well in their sport. Then they don't know where to go from there. The, the, right. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's almost. It's almost like. You know, that's, that's not just boxing. You know, that's they're going to. I feel that's very common. But you see it a lot with boxers. Like they'll stop or they'll keep going because they don't know what else to do. Yeah, you like lose your identity, and they at keep that point, fighting right? past the point where they should. And they, you know, they're doing a lot of damage to themselves. Or they'll stop and then they'll go bankrupt, or they'll try and open a bar, or they don't know quite to do. Yeah. You seem like you got the business mind, charismatic, and you enjoy talking and working with people. Yeah, which is you don't see too common in combination with that. Right? No, that that's. that's a great uh, thing to see because you see you see all the time that boxers I, I said I started boxing when I was 10 years old I retired when I was 27 What what's a person going to do when they've put that much time and energy into, into the boxing career mm-hmm. and then you see boxers go work on building sites doing stupid shit I never left school with any qualifications or any education my education was boxing mm-hmm. so why not use that education in making a living out of it mm-hmm. and there's it's very rare that boxers do that, but I mean, I'm in LA and I'm working with Kevin and, and we've, we've created something great, but I'm using that education for, for that. 
And I'm another, I think I'm an entrepreneur as well because mm. I was the only one out of the boxers of the, the Olympians who went to the Olympics and earned some decent money from boxing. Every time I had two fights, I'd buy a house. Now I've got five houses in England that's got tenants in and I'm making money each month. You know, Other boxers that don't pay the taxes, uh, they, they, they end up quitting boxing, let's say 27, and they've got, not, they've got nothing. They might have a few hundred grand in the bank, but that soon goes down and the tax man comes and gets all of them. They've got a big tax bill. It happens all the time. It's, it's, it's hard sad. to see. So I think I'm, I'm pretty smart in that way as a, as a businessman. Here's the other thing too, is that you, because you're still in it, uh, it keeps you healthy and keeps you fit because yeah. you see a lot of these fighters. And I, you know, this is coming from a trainer perspective. I've worked with uh, ex-high-level athletes uh, quite a few times. You know, somebody who comes... They were, you know, Division One, you know, football player or wrestler or whatever, and now it's ten years later, and they all have such a tough time, uh, n- you know, maintaining their fitness and health because what they knew was so intense and so focused right. that after they got out of it, first of all, they develop horrible eating habits because they were doing so much exercise before they could eat whatever they wanted. Some of them had to eat whatever they wanted so they could just keep weight on. But now they're done with that. All they know is tons of intensity. All they know is training at the super high level. So to them, it was all or nothing. Now that they're done, they just let themselves, you know, go. And yeah. you see that a lot with boxers who, you know, they stop boxing for five years and say, holy shit, he put on 60 pounds. It's not uncommon. Yeah. And I, I, I'm 60 pound heavy and not 60 pound, 40 pound heavy now than I was from my last fight. But which is which I dieted since I was on a diet since I was 14 years old mm. until I was 27. Yeah, because you're by in no in no by no means would I consider you overweight at all. You look fit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I look better than I really am. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 but no. Uh, so when you stop boxing and it's like, wow, I don't have to be on a diet anymore. You kind of eat twice as much as you would initially. Mm. Now I've calmed that down and, I, and I'm and I'm much better. Did you find that rebound afterwards? Like, oh, here, I, I can do whatever, I can eat yeah. all this food. Well, I, when I retired from boxing, I was undefeated in 10 professional fights. After the Olympics, I turned pro, undefeated in 10 pro fights. And I retired, see, I've got scars on my hands. I retired, mm. I had surgery on my hands and I had no plan B because, like I said, I had no education. I had nothing. All I knew was boxing. Mm-hmm. So it was... I got fat and I got depressed and I started drinking more and, oh, man. and, and it, it was a really, really rough time for us. It really was. How'd you get out of that? Uh, great family. Great, my, my wife was amazing. Oh, so you guys have been together for a long time. Yeah, we've been together for a long time. Great business partner. Yeah, <laughs> not, not, that's true though. That's true because I'm, I met Kevin and then we started our own thing and my mind was occupied then, you know, when, when you... You've got to, if you if you're feeling down, you've got to do something about it. Which I've done something about it. I mm-hmm. could feel sorry for myself and sit at home. So, you know, my hands were fucked. I, I I should be fighting for a world title now. I should be earning this and doing that. But no, I, I got I got out. I was in that horrible place for a little bit. I got out of that place, and and now I put all my time and energy into something else. Strong mind. They talk. You know, they talk a lot about uh, the warrior. You know, um, and, and fighters in particular, and that you're you're just some some people say you're born that way. You're born a warrior. You're born a fighter. And the, the the toughest fight to fight after that is getting older, right. because now you're no longer like what are you now? I mean, yeah. I, I, rem- I mean, I you know, I lo- I loved old school boxing. I watched lots of classic fights, and you hear these guys talk about it afterwards and say, yeah, you know, once you're not a fighter, like what am I? Yeah. Did you did you have any 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 identity? Yeah. yeah. Well, even even now, I'm the the toughest thing now being retired. I've been retired for four or five years now. Is them the highs? Because when you have a high in boxing. 
it's not a normal high. It's fuck. It's through the roof. You're mm. right up there. Right. You just conquered a man. You just won yeah. a title. Like I can exactly. imagine what that feels like. You, you, Ultimate testosterone rush. <laughs> it is. You're fighting in front of thousands of people. Thousands of people on TVs watching you, and you get your hand raised, and you're on top of the world, and everyone's coming up to you, offering you free shit, and and you're getting invited to places, getting paid to open restaurants, open shops, and all that. So you you're in the public eye all the time. People's loving you, and then when that all ends, it's like. Shit, you 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 kind of trying uh, you kind of trying you're trying to chase that that high again, mm-hmm. and it's you've got to tr- really try hard to realize like you're never going to like being on an Olympic podium, you know what beats that? I've had two kids. <laughs> right. People say the kids are the best the best time of your life. It's not being on, <laughs> being on an Olympic I'm podium. I'm so glad some motherfucker Sarah keeps it listen. real on here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love honestly. my kids, but come on, standing yeah. up on an Olympic podium. I'm dude. telling you, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> You know, so and how do how do you find how do you find that high again yeah. apart from mm. taking heroin, which I'm never going to do. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's, do you, it's do you that's a real that's a real that's a real issue. I mean, they, it is. that's, a, that's a major major it issue. You with, peak, you know, well, especially with someone like you who uh, found success very young. Yeah, and your yeah. whole like. You, like that's like uh, it reminds me of those stories. You we hear this a lot of like your actors and actresses that like became actors and actresses as kids. Yes, and they were like super famous right. as kids, and then where are they now? Yeah, and they're all fucked up on yeah. drugs yeah. and a mess yeah. and everything like that because it is. They were trying to search for high. Yeah, right. And they couldn't. They can't reach it anymore. With that, they hit that peak at ten years old and yeah. had no idea what it's like. So that's yeah. He had, he had the wherewithal, I think, to take that competitive edge and to to change it and and focus it in a new channel, which is business rather than right i mean yeah. he's he's still incredibly competitive as am i but you know i never was an olympian olympian mm-hmm. by any means but you know he's, he's able to take all that energy that he would focus in his competitiveness and channel it to something different which yeah, and in, in a really healthy helps. way which most people most people who are athletes can now do. that's a great point now yeah. because of that because uh, i think that's so true do you find that there's uh with com- comes with that that competitive mentality which i believe a lot of us have here right uh, do you find that there's there's things that uh, go off in your head that I got to be careful of? Like I can't let my competitive nature drive me crazy or uh, define who I am. Like, right. do, you, do you find that there's being older, wiser, gone through all that, knowing that? Because I always say this, right? I believe I truly believe this that uh, your greatest strength is always your greatest weakness too. Right. So you know, let's let's take that example, like being super competitive, because I think I'm I'm very similar to that. That I have this total competitive thing, and that's what drives me in success. But it also because what get me in trouble because I'm so highly competitive that yeah. I tend to run into these things. You catch that with yourself. Yeah, well, that's I think that's kind of why it's hard to switch off at night because with business, we I mean I'm gonna say we are the best boxing fitness place in the world. But I really I want that more than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I'm from when I go to sleep at night or when I wake up in the morning, all I'm thinking about is business. I can't switch my mind off because I'm just thinking about oh this is a good idea we should do this we should mm-hmm. need to change this yeah. which is, I'm sure some users oh my god we totally identify that, right? that. Yeah. right uh, and and that for me is the is the hardest thing yeah right. so all the best athletes in the world and whatever their sport is whether it's Kobe Bryant or, or Peyton Manning or whoever they, they just have that competitiveness and they don't know how to shut it off but it's who can really kind of turn that and channel it to something else? No, absolutely. Yeah. And, and then and yeah. foresee those things. Yeah. With that comes pitfalls and come yeah. challenges and drawbacks. Yeah. Like I said, greatest yeah. strength, greatest weakness. There's. It's also going to be some of the things that get you in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so learning how to turn it on. Michael it's, Jackson, or not Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, <laughs> <laughs> Michael Jordan and gambling or going out to golf or, or playing cards, whatever it is, he, he wants to win and he takes it personal if he doesn't win. You know, right. 
I find I find it extremely, you know, before I had kids, you know, it, it was it wasn't a problem. I could just work 24 hours a day and go crazy and just it didn't matter, right? But then yeah. you get a family and it's like Okay, you know now I need to figure this compartmentalize out. Compartmentalize everything. Yeah, yeah, because you know you love your children so much, and because well, you're I, affecting I can, others now. I yeah, mean, and you, you selfishly you could you could run your own life into the ground; it didn't matter. But now you can't do that. Right. It, so I find it it's now it has to be something I plan. It's a skill I have to think about. Whereas before, I was just like, "Fuck it, just keep going until my body just yeah. Yeah. crashes." You know? Right. Yeah, and that, that's it. Like now, it's you. Now you know you've got kids. It's you're even busier because if you're not working or being productive, you've got to be with them. Yeah. That's, that's who I am anyway. Yeah. You know, and I think that's because of the competitiveness. That's why drinking wine was helping us. I'm not recommending anyone who's listening to, to do that and drink <laughs> wine, uh, but it, it was really helping us to switch off and and go to ease because, like I said, I'm thinking about work all the time. But mm-hmm. being on, I was 23 when I was on the Olympic podium, 23 years old, so I was young, and then, like I said, retired when I was 27. So. The wine was helping us forget about all that and mm. think about life and think about happiness and, and that sort of thing. But now I'm, I'm like, maybe one of you boys can give us advice. Like, I'm now I'm not drinking. I've been off to drink all year, mm. and how, how, how can I switch off? And, <laughs> you know, and like, that's where. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. This is going to sound hokey. Okay, this is going to sound hokey. But the probably this last six months, the, one of the most effective things that uh, I found personally, and I think you guys, these two, can probably attest to this as well, was. Believe it or not, meditation. Mm-hmm. I am not bullshitting. Really? You. I swear to God. And I used to not. I used to. I used to respect meditation. I'd respect people who did it. I'm very open minded, and I'd see people who do it. And like I'd hear people that I highly respected who would talk about it. You know, some of the business leaders and top athletes would say meditation was very impactful. Say, okay, well, that person I respect them, so I respect. But I'd never understood it until I started doing it. And it's one of those things that, like anything, uh, I had tried meditating in the past. And I, for some reason, I don't know why I thought this, that I would do it the first time and come out of it and be like, oh, it works great. Yeah. First time I did, I hated it. I couldn't yeah. sit there and my mom, I couldn't sit really there. It's really hard to shut the noise off. No, right? I was like, this, yeah. is fu- this is painful and I just wasted 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to go work. Fuck it. That's a waste of time. <laughs> yeah. But then I talked to, you know, I started dating someone who um, is really into meditation and understands it. And she told me, she said, look, she goes, uh, just like any fucking skill, you, you got to get good at it before you really like it. She goes, you got to practice. You're not gonna you're gonna do this for a month or two months or whatever, and it's not you're not gonna like it until you start to really get good at it. So you got to practice it. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna give it some time. And now uh, it makes a tremendous difference. The things I noticed with it are I find myself being more present when I'm with my children because I used to have a problem when when I was with my kids where I'd be with them but I'd also be working. Yeah. Because in my mind I'm multitasking, you know. Right. But the yeah. reality is they're not getting their, they're not getting the full they're not getting their dad, you know, hundred yeah. percent. And I'm not and I'm also not getting the full thing as well. And I'd find myself at the end of a soccer game or whatever, you know, almost like, well, I didn't, I don't even think I saw half that game because while he was playing, while I'm Thinking on my phone and I'm trying things. to work and I'm trying to do different yeah. things. So I'm missing out on this time as well. What I found with meditation is that it made me more present in what I was doing at that moment. So if I decided to be with my kids, I was with my kids. If I did three years meditate, all yeah. So we, yeah. I'll tell different you, ways. I'm sure. Too. Yeah, I can, really, I can relate yeah. to that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not being in the present with your kids. Well, yes. yes. I mean, that's uh, typically. So back it up. I'll take. I'll give you one more uh, a step even before the meditation that I think will help you. You and you already touched on it, which is great. Um, you said, "What is the most? What's the most common thing? The, the hardest thing to teach boxers was the, the breathing part, yeah. right?" 
So that, believe it or not, that's the same thing with us. Like we, mm. we're all like shallow breathers and we're all super focused on the future and what's going on and just becoming present. One of the, one of the best things you can do just to become present with right now is actually to concentrate on your breathing. It's a diaphragmatic, right. diaphragmatic, is that diaphragmatic yes. breathing. So like, uh, like the seals do like a uh, box breathing where you take these real deep breaths in for five seconds, you hold for five seconds, then you release for five seconds. And then you hold for five seconds. Yeah. And you and, do that. And you do that for like four or five times and you'll be blown away. Like, so, and I try and I, I catch myself at night. So this, and I'm sure you guys are similar where I'll be lying in bed and I'm thinking about tomorrow and I'm thinking about all this shit. If it might, I'm in my phone, I'm doing all this bullshit. I'm not being present. I'm not being yeah. present with right now. And I'll stop all that and I'll just breathe. Mm-hmm. And that in itself just totally just calms yeah. me yeah. down, allows me to focus mm-hmm. on what's going on right now in front of me, who's laying next to me in my bed, what what's going on with kids in front of you, whatever it Where is. Where do you learn about that? Uh, we actually have, we've had, we've been blessed with this show to uh, you know once once the show got really big, we got a lot of really great authors on here. So we just had uh, Stephen Kotler not too long ago, who's the author right. of Rise of Superman. And he he dives into uh, what the, what they call they call this the flow state or being in the zone yeah or, being you know. in the zone and and they, and he he talks he gets into high level athletes and to extreme sports and how these athletes have this ability which I'm sure you can relate to this you know when you've just uh, maybe thirty seconds to a minute's gone by in boxing and you don't even remember what happened you were just in the groove yeah. punches were flowing you dodged everything just that would be considered like this flow state. And you were, and what you really are is you were unbelievably hyper focused in the moment. Right. You're not when you're when that's happening to you. You're not thinking about the kids. You're not thinking about yeah, what you're going to yeah. do afterwards. Yeah. You were so hyper focused on that moment. And so when we are trying to become present, when you're trying to meditate, this is what you're trying to practice. You're mm-hmm. truly trying to be practice. You're trying to practice this being in the moment and the first step to that is really breathing so and that and that was the advice i asked him right away i said well you know if you're somebody who's trying to learn to meditate yeah because you know take a guy like us and just say go meditate you go fucking insane you know put yeah. me in a car, dark room because that's how i always envisioned it i envisioned it i have to dark room yeah. candles lit. here like enya and like, yeah weird <laughs> music in the background hold <laughs> my legs i'm not into that shit. yeah like five minutes of that i'm i'm already thinking about what i'm not doing right, right like yeah. this shit don't work yeah. and i'm done with it well the, the problem with that was i wasn't really taking the first steps which was to, to focus on breathing just right. being present and we just take something as like breathing we take for granted and just practicing that Man, my, my sleep at night is, is unreal. People don't realize that being present is so blissful. And in if if you don't if you want to kind of understand what that means, like think about the times when you are present, like you're a boxer, right? Those times you were in the fight or the times you were training where you're just in that moment. It feels it's like bliss. You know, I have a, a friend of mine who was explained to me why he likes to ride his motorcycle so much because I was trying to talk him out of him. Like, it's so dangerous you shouldn't ride. And he says, yeah, it is very dangerous. That's why it's so enjoyable. Right. He goes, because when I'm on the bike, yeah. I can't think about no anything. no margin of error. I can't think about yeah. anything else than what I'm doing. Yeah. And so it puts me in the moment. And I said, holy shit, no wonder you enjoy it. It's being present. And I noticed by being present more often, it, it and this is going to sound, again, it's going to sound hokey, it created more space in my brain to remember shit. I'm a very forgetful person. I'm very ADD, ADHD. It makes me really good at some things. It makes me really bad at other things. And what I notice is when I take that time aside to be present, next thing you know, I'm just remembering shit. Like, oh yeah, I got that appointment over here. Oh yeah, I got to do this over here. I got to do... And it's like it just created space right. in my mind. you were saying about skiing a couple yeah. weeks ago. But well, have I, you guys heard of the company Headspace? Do you know the app? Yeah, yeah Headspace. Headspace. So I went to uh, an event a couple weeks ago with Maria Shriver and the Andy 
Petticombe, I think is that. Mm. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of him, but he's a guy you guys should try to get on here. I mean, mm. he, he's very inspiring. He actually went and was a monk for like eight years or whatever. And, and did wow. It was, it was so we, we've actually partnered with a company called Brain FM. Okay. Who, there's, they have an app that's uh-huh. out on uh, iPhone and Droid now. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they have some of the leading researchers in neuroscience right sure. now. And they have created uh, this app for sleep, meditation, mm-hmm. napping, focus. And we now have this science that... that uh, they can w- play sounds and music that will put your brain in the same state as w- if you were... It's almost like cheating. Yeah, it yeah. basically distracts yeah. you enough to like right. make you present. What's right? that called? Uh, it's called Brain, brain FM. Brain, brain FM. FM. Most yeah. of it, it has changed my sleep. Like It's crazy. Like I, I Now every night before I go to bed, I, especially on a day where my brain's on fire from work really? and I can't shut down. Because there's nights I don't need to use it when I'm when I'm calm, relaxed, I'm very present. But if it's a night where we pulled a 12 hour day, I'm driving home, talking to these guys more about work. I get, I walk in the door, I'm talking to Katrina yeah. more about work, yeah. and then it's time for bed, and I lay down. Like it don't, you just yeah. don't yeah. shut off. Yeah. Usually right. it's what we so, aren't doing. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> so the Brain FM really helps train. Now the ultimate goal is to intrinsically learn to do that. Right. That's mm-hmm. like like monks. Like they sure. they have had the, the most the most unbelievable discipline to be mm-hmm. able to create this intrinsically and that's ultimately the goal but for guys like us i feel like these tools that we have now that science has have brought forth for us you know are awesome because when i have a hard time and for me i marijuana was how i did it so that's you brought about wine yeah so instead of wine i used to smoke so i'm a huge i'm a huge fan of marijuana but then even then i don't want to become dependent on a substance to get me into that state even though i'm a big fan of marijuana doesn't mean that I want to become a dependent on it to get me in that state. Yeah, so sure. then I, when I found Brain FM, I was like, wow, this has been... Did you notice you, you, you smoke less? Oh, way less. Yeah, so that's yeah. how I... Did, and this is Same how... Same here, since I started meditating. I don't yeah, I, you, I try... Instead of always going like, hey, I can't, I can't relax or settle down, instead of me going, hey, let me go roll a joint and smoke it, now I go, you know, let me put my Brain FM for a little bit, read, my, read a book and get into it, and that helps me really settle way mm-hmm. down, and it's made a huge difference on my sleep. I'm getting. I'm, I've added something to my plate, and it doesn't feel that way. Like Sal said, it's almost like it creates space in my brain, and uh, it's allowed me to Once, be more present. You you brought yeah. up uh, skiing, right? Like I'm a snowboarder, right? And uh, I haven't ridden since my 20s, and I used to, I used to be a season pass holder. I used to ride. I loved to ride. And uh, I stopped because of the aches, the pains, and just I didn't. I wasn't the kid that I was in the parks and the tricks when I was younger, and I was just like, I've got to hang it up. I'm in my mid thirties now, whatever. Right. Well, ever, since I've been practicing this meditation, this focus, I've been doing a lot of mobility work. I've been riding this season again, and I haven't felt so fucking amazing. I mean, nice. I feel so good right now at mm-hmm. 35 years old, riding down a hill. Like I feel like I'm 20 years old again, and a lot of that too is the mental focus, that I, the training that I've been doing for learning to be present and focused, I can even see it translating in, in my in my. Rides. You know, it's funny. You're so focused. You're both such focused individuals. Once you realize that it actually improves productivity, then you're going to be hooked. Yeah, right? you'll be hooked. So what, what, when you meditate, what do you do every morning or every when, afternoon or what? Anytime. Uh, there's, I don't necessarily schedule it, but you can... One thing is you can be present at any moment. So one way that I learned how to be present was that when I was when I'm doing things that are mundane or things that I hate to do like fold laundry or do the dishes then I make myself very present. So, you know, we talk about we just talked about breathing and really one of the one of the main reasons why breathing makes you present is cuz you're just focusing on what you're doing right now. There's obviously there's there's some yeah. physiological things that are happening with taking a full diaphragmatic breath and mm-hmm. you know, puts your body in a parasympathetic state and all that stuff. But re- really a big part of it is just I'm just focusing on what I'm doing right now so I can't think of anything else so it makes me present. Well, you could do that 
all the time. So like if I'm washing dishes, I'm washing the dish and next thing you know, okay, I want to be present. I'm thinking of the water, the way it feels. I'm looking at the plate. I'm really just being super in the moment with what's going on. And that I find that could can be a form of meditation. I, the way I teach it to clients, because I, I, I definitely, I, I tend to, anyone who uh, I've trained in the past are like these, I get these type A personalities. I tend to attract very similar like, like-minded people as myself. And the way I teach uh, incorporating meditation, if you've never done it before, is simply by the, the breathing thing first. Is just, and to do it the next time you have that moment, the next time you have a moment where the wife gets on to you for not being present, you know, yeah. or being so focused on work, you know, that would be a great time to do it, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. or when you're laying in bed and yeah, you they're can't, good at letting you know that. Yeah. You're laying in bed <laughs> yeah, and you, anything like my wife, you can't sleep cause you can't shut your brain down and you keep going, you keep going back to your phone when you know you need to fucking sleep, you know, that will be a good time. So I tell my clients that, listen, just pay attention. The next time you have that moment, you'll remember now that we've talked about it, that you're you're so focused on everything else. Yeah. You know, take a, take a moment to breathe mm-hmm. and, and start with the breathing first. And then from there you can start to get like Sal's talking about super hyper focused on, on what's going on at that moment. Can also try mushrooms. That helps. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like, yes. I, I like, Kevin. these are all, let, don't give you know me, what? Hey. hey, can I tell you something right now? That, that is absolutely true. This is why people a lot of studies on it. Right? The, yeah. The people that utilize psychedelic substances for, you know, uh, these productive, you know, growth, you know, to, to dissolve ego and grow their consciousness or expand their consciousness, they, they would say, that's, that's what's happening. It's like a different operating it puts you It puts yeah. you in the present very, yeah. very effectively. Yeah. Um, and because you have to be, you have an altered state of consciousness. Like if you're not, <laughs> yeah. you have no choice but to be in the present when <laughs> you you're- You have to experience it at yeah. that point. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so whenever I run off the Joshua tree, now you know why. <laughs> <laughs> so what's, what's in the future? What, what are you guys looking to do in the future? What, what does the next five, 10 years look like for, for Box and Burn? Uh, well, for the, the near future, what we're doing now, we're putting our academy online. So People become certified with the CEUs, with NASAM and the other ones, uh, online. It's oh, going to be an on- oh, on- online course. We, oh, we, that's brilliant. We get asked often as well about, are you going to come to Melbourne? That's, it's always Melbourne. Come to Melbourne and do a certification <laughs> course there or come to here or there. And now we're going to do this online certification course so people can get certified all around the world. Mm. Um, and we've, we, like, like we talked about earlier on, about building the cert up so we can do different levels and different uh, things on there. And then with the gyms, I'm hoping by the end of this year that we'll be looking for the third location in West Hollywood. That that would be that would be great. And then what we touched on 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 the last podcast was mm. about help helping our trainers that we've currently got and giving them a gym. So rather mm. than franchising out to different people who don't know the method like the back of the hand, our lead trainers maybe they're going to have an opener gym in Beverly Hills or, wow. or, or the Valley or wherever yeah. we Just, really want to offer a career path for everybody that's really invested and dedicated themselves to our smart to mm-hmm. our um, our purpose and what, what we're doing at Box and Burn so whether it's offering them management positions or regional positions when we have multiple gyms uh, in different cities um, or own their own Box and Burn I mean that's that's a big goal of ours because we want to repay them for everything that they've they've given to us you know that's fantastic. That's you guys have, uh, I mean, I haven't been in your facility, but we've looked it up. We've seen it. We've talked to you guys now for quite a bit before podcast and now mm-hmm. on the podcast. You guys have the right, uh, in my opinion, 
my humble opinion, the right attitude, absolute right attitude and the right energy. Um, oh, and uh, Appreciate that. L- lots of integrity. Um, so, I, I mean, if I were a betting man, I would definitely bet on you guys. That yeah, you guys man, it's, been, well. it's been great having you guys down yeah. here. Look forward sure. to the future. I'm sure we're going to be in touch, man, after all this. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. yeah, I really appreciate it. Hey, listen, if you like Mind Pump, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. If we like your review and we pick it, you'll get a free Mind Pump t-shirt. Also, check us out on YouTube. Mind Pump TV. You can also find us on Instagram at Mind Pump Radio. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal. Adam's at Mind Pump Adam. And Justin is at Mind Pump Justin. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump.